This is Soundtrack, a music podcast about the music that impacts our lives. Every episode is a conversation of how music has shaped and influenced one's life, because music is the soundtrack to everyone's story. Soundtrack is hosted by Kyle Lichty. Hey everyone, I'm here with Tom Rademacher. How's he going? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So we've known each other for a year and a half now. We met through a mutual friend <laughs> and became actually a roommate of mine through that process. And since then, we've been roommates through this whole uh, pandemic. <laughs> yep. Stuck in the same house together through quarantine. Yeah. How was that for you? <laughs> it was all right until you asked me to do a TikTok dance with you. <laughs> we tried. Neither of us had a rhythm. Nope. So we quit. Yeah. And Paul wouldn't do it. Yeah. So that's how, uh, how long we've known each other. You are originally from the Grand Rapids area in Rockford. Yes. You were raised there. Talk about what that was like being in Rockford. Well, so I don't have any other perspective on life. So Rockford for me was like the best childhood to grow up in. I was close to my school. I was close to all of my friends. There's a nice community down there. So Growing up was like, I don't know, I rode my bike everywhere. I got hurt climbing trees and doing other dumb things in the woods, but uh, that was life. I loved it. So when it comes to music, when you were a child, this is interesting to me. You were listening to rap and specifically Coolio and NWA. How does that happen? Yeah, so um, when you get in with the rough crowd in Rockford, not really, it's not like that. Um, it was hard to find music, but uh, MTV was like popping up and they had music videos. And I just remember Coolio having like the coolest hair. Yeah. He had like beads in his hair. And I was like, that's sweet. So yeah, between like Coolio, NWA, and Limp Biscuit, of all things. So, so I got taken to the mall called... And we went to a store called FYE for your entertainment. And my Nana said, for your birthday, you can pick whatever you want out. And um, I got a Coolio tape and I got a Limp Biscuit tape. Cassette tape? Cassette tape. Yeah. Yeah. The Coolio tape only had one song on each side. Do you remember what songs? (laughs) Gangster's Paradise, I think. Okay. I I don't know what the other one was. But I listened to that over and over and over again. But the uh, Limp Biscuit, whether it was a cassette or a CD, that got pitched out the window mid-car ride. <laughs> and that was pretty much the last I ever listened to a lot of that music. Great decision. Well done. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> I did not know what the Nookie was. He did. And I was not at the age to know nor understand. So that thing went out the window on... Southbound US 31. (laughs) I was saying that because I just think it's terrible music, not because of the content. But yeah, well, you know, NWA is like renowned around the United States and I mean, probably the world. But I guess I didn't listen to nearly as much as that as I did like uh, Coolio. But the fact that I got into that was really bizarre because no one in my family listened to it. I mean, it was just something that, like I said, you'd see on MTV. Yeah. And you just 
you know that's what's cool you see all the kids like outside of the mtv studios screaming i was like okay this is what i should like let's do it and i would uh take a guess that you probably had no idea what nwa was trying to say either no no i wasn't i had no idea and it wasn't like my folks were gonna be like here's what their movement is so and i don't think they were fully aware of what i was watching necessarily either so also as a kid you were listening to pop rock country what talk about that yeah so that was like a little bit later like maybe before i got into middle school and those now cds started popping out now one now two and it had backstreet boys nsync britney spears shakira santana i mean just a, a spectrum and we were collecting now cds i mean like we we collected up until probably i don't know we were in our teens but that's that's a lot of what we listened to and back then if you wanted to hear a song on the radio station because you needed to make up for breaking your fourth grade girlfriend's heart you'd call the radio station and ask them to play a backstreet boys song for you call her up on a landline phone and tell her to listen it didn't work <laughs> but i loved i loved backstreet boys and nsync and britney spears and she was like the heartthrob so yeah that was that was the progression from rap <laughs> you take a an interesting turn as a teen to christian rock you were raised catholic not evangelical talk about how you as a you know a someone that's raised catholic got into christian rock yeah so boy i went from organ music to i got invited to go to a baptist church through friends from school Mm. and they didn't have an organ they had an electric piano like a keyboard and they had guitars and amps and everyone was on their feet singing and like cheering and they had hands in the air and I was like holy crap what is this place and that's when I was like what do you guys listen to and they're like oh have you ever heard of Reliant K and I was like no they're like listen I was like that's awesome I was like that's cool I didn't know that Christian music could sound like that and so that was like a, a point in my life where faith was like becoming more of a personal thing for me you know but it was it was definitely like weird because i went from like this pop rock scene to like nothing but christian rock and my parents didn't care they were all for it they're like hey if he's being a man of god <laughs> let, let him listen to whatever he wants especially if it's you know like god's word through these musicians you know talents so with that you went i remember we've had a conversation where you've gone to multiple different concerts with your friends right yeah yeah we went to a pod concert one time nice in detroit <laughs> i was three friends of mine we went down to see pod but pod was touring with like two other non-christian heavy metal yeah. bands pod was a headliner so we went and we went to like watch the first bands and like the f word came up like almost instantly towards the crowd and i remember the the dad that took us down 
just like grabbed us by the backs of our shirts and pulled us out of the crowd. And we went outside and we had to wait until POD actually came on stage before we could go back in. That was like my first big concert ever was seeing POD. I wish I could remember where that was, but it was probably the palace. It was a small venue. It was like oh. a church. Oh, almost. Cause I mean, they were, they were huge. Oh in, yeah. You know, 2001, 2002, but I don't know, you know, what tour necessarily you went on. So. Yeah. No idea. And we had gone to some other, some other concerts that if I could remember the names of the bands, I would, I would say it, but I, I, I don't at the point at yeah. this point. Looking back, I mean, it's, I feel like it's something that you don't resonate with anymore. Is it something that still you would listen to if you? Absolutely. I still do listen to it. So like my mix now is, is really eclectic. And if I'm just feeling kind of somber or melancholy or kind of down, which seems to happen a lot when you're traveling, which is what I do for a living. And I'll throw some Matt Carney on. Dude, and that just nice. like that just gets me going again. Or like I'll get some old Switchfoot going or Anne Berlin or something like that. Yeah. That's one of the shows I saw. Anne Berlin. You serious? Yeah, I saw Amber Berlin and then I got to meet the guys. Dang, dude. But we knew the uh the lead singer's cousin was one of our good friends. Okay. Like, you know, the father of Yeah. So That makes sense. But yeah, so like I mean Will I still listen to it? Yes. Was it the only station that I could actually get a clear signal on today for about two hours from Northern Michigan? Yes. <laughs> did I listen to it? I did. You're <laughs> surprising me even more. <laughs> After high school, you really uh, branch out and one band in particular that really resonates with you during this time is Radiohead. Talk about what it was that that happened for you to encounter Radiohead and why you think it was so appealing. Um, so after high school, I was like a little bit more of a daredevil. I wasn't on the same path. You know, I was in college. I could go to class if I wanted to go to class. I didn't most of the time. But I was I was with a group of friends at that point that listened to Radiohead. And so it was like Radiohead and like Boards of Canada and some other miscellaneous, but I got caught on Tom York. And for two reasons, uh, the, the first reason, the monumental reason was we all got stoned. We climbed this huge ski hill in the middle of the summer. We got to the top or high as kites. My buddy just slipped these headphones on me. And it's Radiohead's everything in its right place. Nice. And I just went off into like a different dimension and fell in love with the band. Also around that time, I became infatuated with Time York himself, the way that he spells his name specifically, T-H-O-M, which is how I spell my name now. And it started when I started listening to Radiohead. And uh, it was also to kind of separate myself from my father, who's also Tom, but like... I just like took on this persona when people would be like, oh, Tom, like THM, like Tom York. I'm like, you got it. And they're like, why? I'm like, because Radiohead's amazing. And I fell in love with every album by then until 
probably like king of limbs or just after king of limbs and then i was like what drugs are they doing <laughs> like before it was like regular drugs now it was like these are different synthetic messed up drugs i don't like the music and i only like old radiohead so like in new the 90s yeah well yeah oh, the 90s and the, the early 2000s and rainbows. in rainbows yep yeah yeah and then after that it was like no thanks Except for like uh, Tom York's solo stuff, like uh, Hero Downhill. He's got a great song called Adams for Peace. Yeah. And I collected a lot of his single work on vinyl. Right. What is it about his solo work that you like so much compared to the the band? Ooh, that's a... Because, that's a... I mean, it's it still has some overlap. But there are absolutely some, there's some significant differences. I think it's just seeing it on a more personal side, seeing Time York just as like as, as a solo performer and how he how he perceives like what music could be like without his band. I, I think it just has a kind of a deeper connection with his his own writing style and the way that he produces the songs versus like what's more appealing to the Radiohead crowd as a whole. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I like more. It's just that, that more intrapersonal feeling. I feel like he, he's able to be more of his authentic self. Absolutely. Like he, he gets even weirder. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, man, yeah, he gets really weird and there's been some, music videos that come out that i mean are almost meme worthy of the way he's dancing you know so yeah i would he's, say so he's got some just some weird dance moves they're like it's like a mixture of like uh of what and dad trying to embarrass you yeah moves <laughs> <laughs> like festival look and like dad in public <laughs> I, I saw Radiohead live, and it just—he just had some of the dance moves that just didn't really go with the music at all. And he—he was—he's like a worm on stage, yeah. like a worm standing up, moving back and forth. He enjoyed himself. I'm jealous of you. You've seen him in in person. <laughs> I haven't. You got to make it happen, man. I I had a a couple opportunities at Lollapalooza, and um, I just couldn't swing it. One day. Yeah. One day and hopefully they get they come out with some new music too because it's been a while yeah but you probably won't like it probably not yeah i just hope it doesn't suck god <laughs> but it's like you know how how much weirder can they get or it's like or do they go back and maybe like like what if they were to go back and add songs to an old album and be like we're like that that would be really cool if they did something like that hmm. i've heard talk like that Oh, yeah. Uh, just amongst like folks that like Radiohead, they're like, and this was some years ago, they're like, we thought we heard somewhere through the, through the ether, in the ether, that Radiohead might like rework more songs onto older albums. Whoa. Is that true? I don't know. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> It'd be interesting. I feel like with the future possibilities with, um, it, it, it's interesting because 
they're so embedded with the electronic side, I feel like now. Right. And I just don't know where they go to like push the, cause they're always to pushing, push that envelope. Yeah. yeah they all, they're always pushing the limits on their, their, their like their creativity. Sure. Yeah. You know, and I, I just, what can, what else can they push? I, I just, at this point, I don't know. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> you encountered Radiohead as a, you know, young person right out of high school. And there's been a lot of time, you know, about a decade now or more of you in, interacting with Radiohead. What have they meant to you now as a older adult? Right. Growth, mostly. Watching the way that they've progressed and me progressing through their albums and then away from their music, essentially. I think I've just, I appreciated the authenticity and the creativity that they brought to, you know, the world. And that was like in my early 20s to mid 20s, a time for me to like really grow and become who I wanted to be Mm -hmm. personally, creatively. And I was very much an artist back then selling it doing shows making my art to radiohead doing portraits of radiohead i didn't know you did that yeah i actually have uh my brother patrick has a whole the whole band in his bedroom in oregon and the centerpiece is of tom york but it's a silhouette of his face with like a tree fading like it's in the in autumn with the leaves blowing and it's huge i mean it's like 24 by 36 inches and then and then around it are the rest of the band members nice yeah it's like a a four or five piece thing but the other canvases are smaller so you got like johnny you got johnny greenwald and their drummer phil collins and (laughs) no i'm just kidding i can't remember what their drummer's name is or the rest of them I don't remember, but I made a huge art piece and I put it up on a show and I purposely put it at a price that no one would buy. And then my brother's like, I'd, I'd buy that for me, but I can't afford it. And I was like, just have it. So he's got Radiohead in his room. Nice. Yeah. So creativity, to answer your question in short, it helped me grow creatively. Nice. After high school as well, there was a couple other different artists and bands that were really resonating with you at that time junior boys black lips my morning jacket yeah yeah so junior boys was like the song that we started every party off to and then i don't know what we played after that because it was a party (laughs) i was talking to girls and then yeah i was listening to some punk and i just remember like that was like when we would go to basement shows and a lot of them were punk shows. So the only punk that I can remember listening to back then that wasn't in a basement was the Black Lips. And I think it was, yeah. So I had I had a whole punk scene. I didn't dress like a punk. I looked like the preppy guy that went to a punk show or the stoner guy that went to a punk show, but it was that was fun. And then my morning jacket really sat with me well, uh, and I discovered them in Chicago. And... Every time I hear Jim James of My Morning Jacket sing, I get goosebumps 
and I can still smell the apartment that I was in. It smelled like beer and pizza. And, and that feeling like I'm in Chicago. Yeah. Like when I get done listening to the song and I go to get in my car to go somewhere that maybe my passenger side window might be smashed out just like in Chicago. I get, you know, I'm flooded with these, these memories and these emotions. And like to this day, my morning jacket like sits as like, like a top tier artist that I enjoy listening to. What is it about his voice that is so transcendent? Like what, I mean, why is it? That guy's vocal range. That guy's vocal range is insane. The the way that the way that they make his voice just carry, mm-hmm. and the way that he can carry it is like otherworldly, different dimension. I mean, it's like you just don't come across. I think artists that like put that much into you know just drawing out a note. And it's just uh, their music is just very relatable to, you know, people's lives in different ways. How is it specifically related to you? You know, like there's a, it's like a song called Wordless Chorus. And it literally is that it's it's a wordless chorus. But I, I don't know what they say in it. I have bad hearing, but uh, or maybe I have bad listening skills. I know I have that, but I I like the the thought of you know a wordless chorus in life as it is, kind of on a. You go through day to day, day to day. It is what it is, and then you might just have this magic moment by yourself, and you're not sharing it with anybody else. It's like that wordless chorus. It's like this is awesome. You know, like everything's led up to something that I wasn't expecting, and I'm at a loss for words, and and here it is. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm curious, were these punk bands that you saw, were they local? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were, they were in basements with mattresses all the way up around the walls to keep the sound in. Yeah. It was sweaty. It was dark. Cheap beer was being passed around or it was a kegger. Yeah. But it was all local bands. And it was like some of them were good. Most of them were terrible. <laughs> But that was like, you know, that was a Friday night. It's part of the appeal. It was, too. yeah. Yeah, and then you'd like, you know, you'd go upstairs and because the cops came and you got to leave. And then we'd just hop to another party and the band would throw their stuff into like the back of a pickup truck, ride in the pickup truck, <laughs> go to the next house, find a basement. Same thing. Same thing. We do that pretty much from like, 10 p.m. to 5 in the morning. Yeah. My parents had no idea. <laughs> or maybe they did. Didn't want to know. <laughs> as long as I was a man of God. <laughs> <laughs> they know now? No. No, if they listen to this, they'll be like, I had no idea who's going to punk shows. Dang. Yeah. I feel like, you know, at that time, and maybe even – you know, in the last decade, Grand Rapids has had this kind of unique punk music scene. Oh, yeah. That doesn't really seem to stand out to like the general population, but within cer- certain circles, 
it's very yeah very well known and legit is that fair to say absolutely yeah i think you can find a, a lot of those guys drinking at uh you know now nowadays like you know they're not so much in the the performing part of it but like uh you know the guys that hang out at mulligans and pyramid scheme and yeah the meanwhile bar yeah i mean like i'll see old faces that i saw down in the basements people i didn't know and then i see them you know out at the bar like with their wife or something like that and but like they they're still punks you know to some degree it is it's prevalent but it's not it's still kind of underground yeah. in a way what do you think it, it is about grand rapids that produce that kind of environment and that's a good question i don't know what did what because grand rapids at that time didn't have like a lot going for it except for it was becoming a well it's even hard to say that it was becoming a progressive city i mean we were known for our hospitals and the river and a strong polish german community but I think that's when the creative scene really started to pop with Grand Rapids and it was through music and the punk scene. And then that kind of transformed into the art scene right. as well. And I'm talking like even before Art, art Prize, Prize yeah. like before that, like yeah. coffee shops started popping up and they're owned by like young local folks that were like hang up your art and do a show at my coffee bar and then it started to like you know get going and then the breweries started to come in more music i mean it just it just it ballooned and then it just exploded and now it's like you know what is grand rapids known for other than hospitals in the polish community it's like beer beer art prize art prize art and retired punks who have turned into like maybe they're still punks at heart but like now they're like yuppies or hipsters yeah i thought i was a hipster i don't think i want to be one i don't know what the definition of one is anymore but i was a hipster before a hipster was cool i think i feel like that term has, has become obsolete I think so too. You know, it, it's not like I'm sure there is a a crowd that you could point fingers at to fit that, but it it's like not even in our vocabulary anymore. No, no, compared to ten years ago. Yeah, because ten years ago, yeah, you know, if someone didn't like listening to ninety-seven nine WGRD. And then they listed off all their music and you've never heard of it. Hipster. Hipster. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why are you wearing striped skinny girl jeans? You hipster. You know? <laughs> when you can get away with anything now and it's like, if you don't listen to the radio, that's pretty normal. Since then, you've been big into a lot of things that aren't on the radio. The things that you're coming across through other means. And so... Uh, some of the genres that come to the forefront for you is indie, folk rock, some psychedelic rock, I feel like as well. How are you coming across, you know, music now? 
something. Right. So the best way is to have a dual citizenship with Spotify and Pandora. You got to keep it old school and new school. <laughs> it's expensive, but, you know, when all you do is drive on the road, you know, it's it's a good way to do it. And th- that's the truth because their al- algorithms are different for how you discover new music. Okay. Um, so I switch it up and that's what I've been doing. But you know, I'd, I'd go to like a get together and someone would play something. I'm like, who is this? And I'd save it on my phone. I'd look it up on Spotify, save it, go back and listen to it the next day. And then I'd find more artists like that. Yeah. And more artists like that. Um, I feel like that you, you're, you've done that with myself even. So yeah. Like Bastille. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, surviving. Yeah. That song. I love that song. Yeah. Um, I had to give it a break for like a couple of days because I felt like I had overplayed it for myself, but then it came up again, like on the radio or something. I was like, great song. <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, I'm not like actively searching all day for like new music, but it's, uh, when I am listening to it, I'll like that song. And then obviously one of those stations will pick something else. And it's like, yeah. I think to to keep the music variety going, you got to continue liking songs to let Spotify or or Pandora know that you like that song to progress it into their algorithm. Crazy, yeah, their yeah. jumble. So, what is it about? I mean, I'll name some bands. You know, Goth Babe, Camp, New Party, Black Angels. What is it about those artists that are appealing to you as as of now? So like I guess as uh like me as an individual, I could listen to all those maybe in the same day, but each one kind of fits a mood and I think that's pretty common with people, but like when I'm out camping, which I do a lot of, listening to camp cliche, you know, I I get it, <laughs> camp but it's, it's just like it's so homey and it's earthy and he's talking about family and he's talking about all these different things. And when I listen to camp, I hear Tyler Childers come, come on. He might be country, but like I like his music. It, it brings that whole camp lifestyle to like a whole new feeling and meeting. But then like if I'm drinking some beers with some old buddies uh, and we just want to like – I don't know, reflect on old times or just have something chill to listen to and feel like badasses almost. You know, we listen to the Black Angels. I mean, why not? It's just like that psychedelic grunge surf rock. It's uh, it's killer. That's that's just like, that's good music to listen to. I, I don't know why. I just, I feel like I got to be dressed in all black <laughs> and smoking like an American spirit that's got like, probably like some crushed up weed inside of it too, like a spliff. And it's just like, that's what you do when you listen to it. Who else did we say? Gath babe. Gath babe. Dude, that is my, that is my summer band right now. Yeah. And they have a, a great song called weekend friend, man. When that came on, I, I listened to pretty much everything by Gath babe. And I was just like, this just keeps getting better and better and better. And it's just like, it's super happy, good vibe music to listen to yeah. at any point in the day. There's just something about the music and that guy's voice that just like it makes me feel so in love with him. <laughs> so I was kind of curious on you've mentioned 
a lot of prior like unknown bands or artists or maybe fairly unknown maybe some people do recognize a band or two but for the most part unknown and that's like typical of you in general of all the artists like it just it feels like it's like a mainstay for you where you're not listening to whatever's popular right you're you're actively seeking out whatever you're interested in and it ends up being unknown yeah. What's up with that? Yeah, I, I would say I like to pride myself as being unique, but like it's not like I'm trying to like I don't walk out every day and I'm like Salvador Dali shaking a bell in New York City <laughs> saying, look at me, look at me, I'm trying to crave attention. It's just that <laughs> I like a unique sound. I like unique music. I don't like what gets played on the radio most of the time because they are trying to entertain an audience. They're trying to make a ton of money. You know, and it's, it's a lot of it just sounds really cliche. Now, I'm not talking about you, Taylor Swift, or Lady Gaga, but I am talking about you, Luke Bryant. <laughs> There's, I mean, is the music that they play that everyone hears these days bad? No. Yes. But it's, it's, it's predictable. It's very predictable, and, and people will say that about country, but it's like, you know, what you're listening to is predictable. Was WAP predictable? No, but I'm not talking about WAP. I'm talking about, like, every other song that plays on 104.5 or 105.3 or a new station that's like, we play a variety of, of tunes, and it's like, you guys have been playing the same thing over and over and over again, and it's like having your CD player from the sixth grade be on skip just trying to get through a song and it's it's predictable you know it's going to skip it you know what it's going to be so finding new music is that's out there that's progressive maybe supporting a small artist and creating that fan base so that one day they can try to make a lot of money and make predictable songs you know i don't know <laughs> it just seems like a fucked up cycle but no i i would i would i think you bring up a really good point about the current status of music being very predictable and that it's so similar in each song of just being like all the others and every, you know, like you said, every once in a while you'll get something that pushes the, from the, the predictability, but then everybody then tries to follow that. And I mean, WAP is, I think a prime example right now of, of you have other female, rap artists that are trying to do the same thing yeah i mean between that and mumble rap a lot of these songs aren't relatable yeah that's that's an issue the fact that like some of these songs that you're hearing on the radio are just like it, it all started with chad kroger when he said man i want to be a rock star and it's like dude you are a rock star nobody likes you but it's like i i don't see them as being really relatable i mean Taylor Swift, Adele, Lady Gaga, sure, those are more, but they're predictably relate relatable. You think like their their songs allow more people to be able to relate to it then? Yeah. And we gotta stop that. No, I'm kidding. I think those are good things. I guess it I guess, you know, it kind of circumnavigates why do I like why am I against what 
I hear on the radio or why, why am I not for supporting these artists? And it's just like, I think they have enough followers. I got to go follow other people. Okay. That's not the real reason. I, I don't have a real reason. I just, I'm not into it. Yeah. yeah. Plain and simple. I wish I could like you too. <laughs> and listen to that like three times a day on 94.5, but I don't want to. <laughs> I had to. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wondered how long it would take for you to say it. Another thing that's kind of unique for you lately is emo music from the early aughts. So, you know, Dashboard Confessional, Taking Back Sunday, amongst many others, you're listening to emo recently. How did that come about? What Or what's prompting that? So, shh, shh. Keep that in the hush, hush. Most oh. people don't know. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was working out one day. I was looking for like something to pump me up. I think uh, I think a Taking Back Sunday song came on, and I listened to it while I was lifting something way too heavy for myself, which was my own body. And I was like, "No, nah, I can get I can get done with this." So I created a station off that, and it just progressed, and it went from yeah, like Taking Back Sunday to Dashboard Confessional, The Used. Under Oath. I remember listening to Under Oath when I was younger. I thought they were a Christian band at one point. They might have been. I would say they are. And then every time I would go to the gym, I was just listening to this playlist of emo and screamo. And then I'd get into my car and I would turn on like the nude party and listen to Chevrolet Van, you know? And it's like just total opposites, but like, that stuff just got me pumped. I loved it. But I never liked it growing up. I couldn't see why other people liked it. It seemed whiny and things like that. But like that was like a huge part of when we were growing up in middle school and high school. Oh, that yeah. you know, you had all these emo and scene kids. Yeah, that's what you know, I didn't like it. But you know, I was listening to Christian rock and they probably didn't like what I was listening to. So so be it. But yeah, as a like 32-year-old man at the time coming back into a scene that I had never been a part of, I was on fire for it. Hmm. But it's like only when I work out. What is it about music that makes us listen to it as humans? Why do we enjoy it so much? I think music resonates with us because, I mean, I this might sound dumb, but like, I mean, when you hear it, if you get goosebumps listening to something, I mean, it's like, how do you explain what gives you goosebumps? The fact that I get goosebumps and crazy memories of my car getting broken into for a couple pennies because I hear my morning jacket or, I mean, I, I grew up with it. I grew up listening to it with my dad singing the song Edelweiss, which is from The Sound of Music. Yeah. To me, every night before going to bed, I, I, there's there's something for me that's just very personal with music. And there was a small stint in my middle school lifetime where I had no connection to music. And now it's like I, I can't live without it, you know. But unless you go to the beach, because if you need music while you're at the beach, then you're missing the point. <laughs> that's what my dad would say. 
<laughs> I, I, I agree with them. That's, I think it's going to be personal from one person to the next, but something about it just resonates with my memories and it's going to make, it makes me feel it, it's, I just have a deep connection in the way that it, it makes me feel. Yeah. Well, Tom, thanks for doing this. Yeah. Thanks, Carl. Kyle. <laughs> and he's pulling all this all the jokes out today well you know when you survive a pandemic together and you listen to mostly not the same music <laughs> you know a unique relationship mm-hmm. develops yeah <laughs> I do appreciate it though it's yeah. been a long time coming and uh, but I'm glad that I could be a part of it. So thank you. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for listening to Soundtrack with Kyle Lichty. Each person interviewed has created a playlist of the very songs that have impacted their life. If you are interested in listening to their playlist, you can head straight to our website at soundtrack.fireside.fm. Click on Soundtrack Playlist and it will take you straight to their playlist on Spotify. If you like the podcast and want to know more, check out our Instagram at Soundtrack Podcast or leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Join us next time on Soundtrack.